going on, people? Welcome back to another episode of the Beyond the Athlete podcast. I'm Richard Amofa. Before I get cracking, remember to do all the good stuff. Remember to subscribe to the Apple Podcast channel. We're also on Spotify, um, Google. To be honest, wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be launching on YouTube very soon as well. I think, to be honest, now we've all got our trims. I think YouTube's now a good option. So we'll be on to that as well. But um, yes, I'm joined again by Manny. Manny, how are you getting on? Good, bro. Blessed as usual, man. Just enjoying, yeah. man. Chilling, waiting for us to go back to training soon. I was going to say, have, you, have they given you uh, an indication of when you're going back? Well, I think it might be early next month or early, what is it? July? August, I say. Yeah. So I've gone by so much, I don't even know what month we're in. Yeah, <laughs> August. Have you been, been keeping fit in that? Or yeah, like, what have you been doing? Trying to, bro. Like, it's different. Yeah. There's no gym. <coughs> it's a bit weird to kind of get fit. But now, you know, you're allowed on the pitches and stuff. It's okay, so... Mm. Still fit, but it's since you got to the game, it's always different. That match day fitness is it's something else. But. Yeah, no, it's true, it's true, man. I hope we can get back soon. Obviously, I know Premier League is going on. I won't go too much into Chelsea, obviously. Well, to be honest, by the time this podcast comes out, it might be all different. Um, and obviously, City's ban's been up, upheld, so or actually, I say lifted, so they are in the Champions League. So, fourth spot is still up for grabs. Uh, well, not up for grabs, I should say, it's now only top four. So fifth spot, there's no like like leeway in there. So you confident about Chelsea just quickly? Oh, I'm just happy that Leicester lost. That's all I'm worried about. <laughs> Leicester yeah. didn't use the Bournemouth, we would have been struggling. <laughs> yeah, man. We need some defenders, man. We need some defenders. No, 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 that's kind of football in general, to be honest. But talking about defenders, boy, what can I say? We're joined by a, a legendary centre-back this evening. Over 400 appearances for a number of teams. Chelsea, Leeds, Stoke, among others. For Michael Dubry. Michael, how you doing? Good evening, good evening. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm all right, man. I'm a bit disappointed that you never mentioned me in the names you were saying, John Terry, and you stopped the gas. <laughs> I was going to say, you got to mention him, man. Come oh, on. Going back, I thought he might, he might draw out a name, but it's all good. I'm only messing around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I wanted to kind of build up. I didn't want to just... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't want to drop yeah. my name. Just kind right. of drop man in there. How you, how, you, how you doing there, Michael? You good? I'm, I'm well. I'm well. You know, um, we're in a crazy... Crazy times right now, um, so I'm blessed with my health. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm all right. Um, I'll be fair to health wise. Um, I've just got over um, Bell's palsy. I don't know if you know what that is. And uh, no, what's right, that? What's that? It's, um, it's like a. It used to be like symptoms of a mini stroke. So the nerves in one side, your face um, inflame, collapse. So your your face collapses. Oh, wow. So my face collapsed, um, so all my nerves went down here, so I had no function on one side of the face. Jeez. And it's crazy because um, 22 years um, ago, I had it for the first time when I was at Chelsea and I played my cup, I played the European uh, Cup Winners Cup final with it. So at 22, wow. out of the blue, my face just woke up and my face collapsed, so it was like, ah, uh, Oh, and then 22 years later, um, I wake up and I have the same thing. So totally unrelated, um, totally out of the blue. Um, but, you know, f- luckily, 
five weeks um, down the line, it's recovered. So yeah, health-wise, you know, it's better than me getting COVID, um, to be honest with you. So um, other than that, I'm healthy, I'm well. But um, yeah, it was crazy. That's the only health scare I've had during this uh, crazy time. Right, so it's good to hear that you're, you're back on the mend because as you say, it's a scary time. As you say, you've like, got COVID on, obviously what you've mentioned, it, it, it's, it's, it's terrifying, man. Um, you say, you think kind of, because you've dealt with it before, did that kind of help you kind of get through this this occasion? Um, only, only helped me recognise it. Um, to be fair, when I had it before, um, the process was different. It was now, obviously, medicine's moved on, so there's a lot more research and how to deal with it. So I was on steroid um, for the first 10 days, which helped it, stopped it, getting inflamed before I wasn't. Um, and I just remember last time before, I was like, oh, my God, I played the semi-final, we've got a cup final coming up. And I'm like, I'm going to miss the biggest game of my life mm. um, with this thing. So um, luckily I could still play. The only thing I couldn't do was talk. So I had to hold my face up to talk. It just collapsed your eyes. Oh, you, can't, you can't even shut your eye because you can't mm. control any of this. Um, so yeah, I, it just helped me recognise the, the signs and the symptoms. Um, but yeah, to get it twice was a bit of a shock. Yeah, of course, well, glad to hear you're feeling better. We're talking about lockdown. You know, how have you been in terms of productivity? Have you seen this time? <coughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've been using my time wisely. I've, you know, I say to everyone, if there's one thing about um, this lockdown, what it should have done for anyone, uh, giving people time for reflection, um, like to see where where it is you you want to improve, where you want to go. Um, growth, use the time wisely, because um, it's one thing we have is the time. So for myself, you know, I try and practice what I preach and, you know, develop, um, learn new skills. Um, I was trying, I was doing a, a, a speed typing course um, to learn that, a speed reading course cause, uh, um, to, to read a little bit quicker, because I'm not the, I love it, I love, knowledge but i get my information from audio books rather than books um i find books i you know i could be up fresh read a book and i'm like yeah i mean so i, I use audio books so i can do that on the go have it in my car um play at night time laying in bed um so yeah this this lockdown is just improving work-wise reaching out to people trying to tell people now's a good time to get yourself um, an executive coach like me, someone to help you through these challenging times, someone to help you steer. So it's, I think you just have to be creative, but productive in, in, in the time. So whatever your industry or profession, you know, if you're a sports person, you can still keep fit. Do you know what I mean? It just means you're doing it in a, a team environment. You can still push yourself, you know, work-wise, you, you know, if you're whatever profession, you can still work on your craft. There's ways of knowledge now, there's home courses, there's ways of just improving and staying on top. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's not been a, a bad time. You get to spend time with the family. Uh, people always moaning about homeschooling and homeschooling, uh, you know, and all this sort of stuff. But it's, you know, people get to wake up with their kids. Some people are up at seven and then don't miss miss breakfast and miss nighttime. And now they have it, they're like, oh, mm -hmm. like they need to be out. So, um it's 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 a uh, it's okay and plus you know touch wood there's no been no health scares with the family so um no complaints but being productive is is i have been productive in my time 
since it's lockdown. No, that's good to hear. And, and just quickly talking about your your previous a couple of your previous teams, uh, touched on Chelsea, uh, top four. Confident that that Chelsea will uh, will get there. Confident. I mean, the only thing with confident the top four was that Leicester lost yesterday, mm. so that might mean a bit better. You know, Man United uh, playing right now. I think um, so. Yeah. Let's hope that they lose. Ah, uh, don't uh, say that, big man. Come on, man. Let's hope they lose. Let's hope that uh, Rio jinx them again. Say Ollie's at the wheel when they go. Uh, a horrible uh, run. Yeah, a horrible <laughs> run. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're we're in a a good position. Um, It's great we're there, and sometimes you know because where Lamps is a new manager, it's a young squad. We flirt between the oh, you know, it's his first season, and then we're like, well, we should be there. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're it's like transitional stage, but at the same time, where the club has risen. It's like we're always expecting to be challenging for the Premier League. So when you're just going for top four, it's a little bit like making do. Do you know what I mean? But when you look at the top two, I think everyone is way off of those two. Yeah. Way off. There's a massive gulf between um, Liverpool, Man City and the rest. Um, and, and that's to be true. So we've got uh, to, to start challenging for the Premier League next year. There's a massive golf, and as you know, we have to go and do some good shopping um, in the summer. You know, starting you know with a defence. We need the, you know, we need to replace. We need a rock at the back, a Marcel, uh, JT. Um, you know, and everyone used to you know turn in those at um, Cahill, Gary Cahill. But what you do for him at the back now? Mm. Um, you know, there's 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 players. You know, I would say we go back and get. David Louise because I think Arsenal can keep him. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, we need we need someone like out and out defender, loves defending, that's just gonna stay there and say, you know, everyone go and do your thing, I'll hold it in the back. Mm-hmm. Just come out of retirement for a year, man. Just help us out. Bruv, listen, it'll take me two years to get rid of the belly. Like, listen, <laughs> if you're that day like rah. Like, dudes is coming like the black Homer Simpson. What's going on? So, uh, <laughs> I'm all right, man. I'm, 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 <laughs> when, we say, yeah. when we say cut, I'll wait for the thing to stop before I get up for my anti yeah. Have me on a blooper and say, oh, this is how X Pro looks like. <laughs> uh, no need to see that. I'm not, I'm not looking to go into no Rocky Five training and up the mountains and like Ivan Drago business. Uh, nah, I'm right. all right, man. I, I, I can't really give up the food too much. I'm, I'm trained to be fair. Um, I'm training my good friend Jamie Lawrence. He, he's a strength and conditioning coach now. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. know, one of these days for sure. He's captain pain. Like his programs, like you know, you go there, a big man crying and all that. So it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, we speak. So he, he, I do his programs. He's got some good programs going. Um, he's doing a few pre seasons with um, teams. So mm-hmm. um, I do a little bit now, but it's a slow process, man. Straight away, the first thing is. He's giving up the food, you know, man saying, you know, giving up the oxtail, the curry goat, the rice. You know. Ah, you can't do that, man. I talk about like, old carbs. I'm like, it's rice, it's carbs. Right. Like, <laughs> I'm like, carbs. I'm like, I back it as rice. Man say, it's carbs. And I want rice and potatoes. It's double carbs. No, it's rice and potatoes. So I'm not willing to give that up yet. I'm cool, man. I'm cool with uh, <laughs> No, nah, man, you've done your time, man. You can enjoy your retirement, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and also, with Leeds, like, Leeds are on the cusp of, of promotion now, man. Like, you're keeping an eye on them as well? 
always. Uh, you know, it's been a long time. Hopefully, they make it into the Premier League and they and they become a mainstay. Um, you know, because you, you see that teams, you know, the Aston Villas up the down, up the down. Um, hopefully, they get there. They become a mainstay. And sometimes the, the worry is for teams that go up playing football, but they have that one way and they go into a league playing football against teams that are a little bit better at playing football. So they struggle. Villa try to go in there and try to mix it and playing ball. <clears throat> I think, you know, Wolves had the style of playing that, you know, keeps them a mainstay. Sheffield United, when they're saying, you know what, we're just going to outwork everyone. We're going to implement our style. They play ball, but high tempo and outwork. Um, and their thing will be next season. But when teams go up, you know, trying to play ball, Fulham did it. They become unstuck. So hopefully Leeds have a formula because they're a great balling team. They, they play everyone off the park in the championship. Um, just hope that they can sustain it because when you want to go and mix it against Liverpool and City, they're, they're, they're a different level. They're like world, world class, you know, and it's different against playing against a Preston than you're playing against uh, a man like a Man City or Liverpool. So I hope they become a mainstay because, you know, they deserve it. I say anyone deserves it, but it's a long time coming. Mm. Yeah, man, I hope they do as well because I think it's good for English football as well, you know, getting the Leeds fans into the Prem. You know, that, yeah, it'd be nice. That would be good, man. Yeah, but, be good. Um, yeah, take us through your, you know, glittering career. Like, what, is, what was it like breaking through at Chelsea? Um, so... I went to Chelsea as a 12-year-old, 11-12. Um, so going through the, the schoolboy phases, um, got my pro at 17, made my debut at 18, um, playing against Coventry at Stamford Bridge. The, I think it was night four season when we got to the cup final, Glenn Hoddle played me. Um, that was, you know, cause, you know, once you got a pro, like, right, I'm a pro, it's like a big thing. You think, That's, I'm a pro. He's a pro. That guy's a pro. Um, the full playing youth team was like, he's a pro, bro. Um, and everyone was on there like 29, no, 35 pound 50. And I was like, earning my 250. I thought, like, I'm flustered. Like, I, got, I got you this Saturday, innit? I got you, you know, like, when you're going to student night, like, I got you, I got you this one, I got you. I was like, I'm around, I'm So, and then, you know, you make, you make your debut. Um, but then I didn't. Um, then I went on loan to Bournemouth, who was like, the, there was like, well, that would be League Two now when I when I went to Bournemouth. Um, done well there. And I didn't want to go back to Chelsea. I, didn't, I was like, I love it here. Because all of a sudden you're at Chelsea where you're just this small fish, you know, you don't really see yourself getting through every, all the big names. Um, and you're at Bournemouth where you're loved, fans love you, manager love you, you're playing the first team, you're running out in the first team, the fans shouting your name. You're like, right, this is brilliant. And you know, after after a home game, you go into the cage in the zoo, Bournemouth, you're like superstar in there, walking in like I'm P. Diddy in Bournemouth at the time. I'm like, yeah, at 18, that's the life thinking yeah. I never want to go back to Chelsea. So, you know, it's like this is I want to be here just because you know you want to be loved. Uh, and then I got back, called back to Chelsea. Um, and then my first game back was playing Leeds, uh, Tony Boa. It was like at the time, you know, Tony Bar was like on fire. Mm. Um, done well there. The next game was Chris Armstrong, Teddy Sheridan at Spurs. Did well against them. So I went, oh. Then the next game was um, Ian Wright and Dennis Burr, Camp Arsenal. Yeah, then it was um, Alan Shearer, 
Les Ferdinand at Newcastle. Did well. So these are your first four games. These are these are the run of, a run of games. That's so like, crazy. You know, I, remember, I remember like it was I played and Glenn Hoddle was I think it was the first first and only manager I was really scared of. And I wanted to impress him it was Glenn Hoddle. Glenn Hoddle was like the the David Beckham of the the eighties, nineties, because he was like the flair player, was the one, he was an iconic, you know, if it, the number ten, like the, the the socks with a little tassel hanging out, the long shirt out, the shorts, the shorts yeah. high up above his legs. It was Glenn Hoddle, innit? Like, like he's my manager, so I wanted to impress him all the time. And um so we played we remember playing Tony Bauer, well done, done well. But next week's your big test. So okay, Spurs, Teddy Sheridan and Chris Armstrong. Well done, but next week's your big test. Oh, so then it, obviously Ian Wright and that, we've done well there, son, but next week's your big test, Alan Shearer. So I'm like, oh my God. So every time I'm like, oh, God, down now, he's like going to think I'm, so all the time. So, and I remember coming through, um, he stopped me from speaking to the press. He said, listen, I want you to concentrate on your football. So I won't have you speaking to the press. Don't worry, I'll tell him it's you. So we just come out of the old Stanford Bridge Tunnel the press used to be there, Michael, Michael, and I'd be like, oh, 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 I can't. And I think, oh, they're going to think I'm so arrogant, they're going to like write bad things about me. But obviously, he protected me. He said to them, I'm not going to speak. Concentrate on your football, kept me grounded. I remember we played um, Old Trafford and um, so played and I'd done well. So I'd come off, got showers and everything, like coming, sat on the bus, like sitting there, happy yourself. He's got the kit man and goes, Dubs, the manager wants you. So I've gone, Gaffer, sitting on the bus, help help them pick the kit up. So I had to pick the kit, this kit up and I'm carrying the skip. And then obviously like having the skip, Eric Cantona was walking past me who I just like matched up. All right, all right, I'm like, do you know what I mean? Humbling myself all the time. So um, it was good for me. Like, you know, some of the stuff he's, he's done. I, that's why I still, I see him, I still call him Gaffer now. I couldn't call him Glenn, mm. right Glenn? I'm like, I still call him Gaffer now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that that sort of period, and then um, established myself, and he left uh, to go to England. Uh, Rude took over um, as a, as a as a teammate. Rude was brilliant, you know. I'm, I'm playing like I just see this guy dreads and everything playing in European Championship for Holland. Like, wow, oh, this guy. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. teammate, um, like teammate demanding but good. Mm. Um, got on well. But as a manager, it was very different. Mm. In, uh, what, in what sense? Like, what? what? Very, very uh, I say, arrogant, mm. very aloof. Mm. Um, you know, he come from AC Milan where if you didn't play, you just look wide and the reason was on the pitch and that mm. was their culture. But in England, you didn't play. You, you explained to the player why you didn't play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, he, and, you know, he didn't, he didn't want to do that. And I remember um, at one stage, he... He left me out to play him and Frank and Booth. Both didn't have legs. You know, one thing like, I gave to the team, I was an out-and-out defender. Like, if you got past me, you'd have to work for it. Like, you, you, it wasn't easy. So, and you weren't outpacing me. You weren't beating me in the air. You weren't outstrengthing me. You had to bring all three. And if that, you have still had energy left to get past me, like, you've done well. Mm. Uh, so, I knew I was out-and-out defender. When I went, when I went to Chelsea, when I was... When I was walked into the club, I remember 15, like doing a pre-season, I remember saying, I'm the best defender in this club. Looked around, there was Paul it there, there was um, Erlen Johnson, Frank Sinclair, there was Kemon Cow, but I said, I'm the best defender of the club. Not in an arrogant way, Gallant, to 
them going on a better than you. But in a sense, like, that's my belief I had in myself. Mm-hmm. Wasn't I was the best player, but best defender. I can jump. I'm fast. No one at sprinting me. I used to say to players like, on, the, on the pitch, go on, knock it down the line. Had the legs. Had the legs. So I wasn't. I wasn't worried about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, well, I'm the best defender. So I, I, I brought that to the team. When you look at the Chelsea team, the teams I was in successful, I gave them that. Do you know what I mean? Frank the both had his strength and it was, um, wasn't the strength itself. He can play, he had a good read in the game, he can spray the ball 60 yards um, and he, had, he was a tidy defender. But what I brought to the team was power, strength, uh, your, your throwback of a defender. Mm. Do you know what I mean, I'm not going to give you the 60-yard ping left to left to right, but you'd get a defender. So teams couldn't go that route. Aerial, in the box, bang. It's like a magnet. So I gave that. So when he, he fought him and um, Franklin Booth could play together. I was like, what? So he tried, it didn't it work. Sense, yeah. I wanted to go and see him. I remember, so, so he was at the old Harlington training ground. So he was in the one of the trains looking at the training. So he's looking this way. So I'm at the doors behind. So I knocked on the door, said, rude, could you call him rude? Rude. And he used to call everyone lovely boy. Okay, lovely boy? So, um, so why, why, hang on, why, why, is, why is that? Why did he give you that nickname? So he's Dutch in English, like lovely boy. He did it as a player, lovely boy. Okay, lovely boy. So, uh, I said, rude. He did that. So, behind him, didn't turn around, went, something like, what's going on here? Yeah, but you know, you're waiting and you're thinking, okay, you wait, and you know, like 20 seconds, even like 20 minutes, you're like sitting, wait, I'll, I'll give it a little bit. He's just looking at the window, like, so I said, rude. So I'm like, remember, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I've never been like rude or like, hey, Aggie and all that sort of stuff. But I was like, okay, give it time. He's a manager still. You know, remember, he's gone from teammate to manager. Mm. I'm like, rude. He's gone. Turn around and goes, okay, lovely boy. What is it? So I'm like, oh, even that vets me. Like, I'm not like, I just want to know like, why, why you dropped me yesterday. Yeah. So he's like, it's like walking goes, hmm. Why did I drop you yesterday? Hmm. Because I had an idea. Okay, lovely boy. And then walk, walk past me. <laughs> and I remember, I think it was, uh, it was either Rixie said, oh, come, calm down, calm down, leave it, leave it. I'm like, no, do you see that? He's like, leave it. And, you know, he had this, I think he had this uh, perception of the English player, which was, very robotic and stiff and not very technical. Mm. And to be fair, maybe at that time that was the case, not not no more because you, like it's it's different. And he had that perception. So as a, as a, as a as a manager, I didn't take to him. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't the the, the, the greatest uh, not say period. I still played. Um, I, I ruptured my Achilles under him, and I missed the '97 FA Cup final. Um, and then he got sacked, I think, you know, because I think a lot of players didn't like him. And I think there was a little bit of a, the senior players got a little revolt and they spoke to Ken Bates. And, you know, I think that the, they made a decision that he went. Luca took over, who was like, as a, as a, as a player, I love Luca. Um, Rude used to have us doing these, all the English players, young English players doing this skill circuit in the morning. So in the morning, he had all the young English players out at 9.30 doing this skill technical thing. It was a bit of a like a, a piss take really, if I'm honest. And then all the foreign players just 
starting at like quarter past ten later on. So they used to look, look laughing and watching. Mm. But uh, Luca Bialy and Gianfranco Zola used to come out and join us. And say, hey, come, we'll do it with you. Like proper, like, oh, come on. Mm. Say, hey, don't worry about it. So listen, we'll do it with you. So you used to make it feel like I ain't so, so much of a chore. No, of course. Like, yeah. Brilliant. So when Luca took over, man, it was like, and it was hard because he, everyone loved him. So he had to make decisions against everyone that was his friend. Do you know what I mean? So he had to pick 11 and like everyone, he was like, got on with everyone. I remember the first day when he signed, again, I'm like, bro, oh, like, this is Luca Viali. This is like, the Juventus. And uh, we went in the canteen, we were sitting talking to him and I remember he's like, yeah, yeah, one second, one second. And my man pulled out like a pack of marbles like, no smoking? Oh, sorry. We're going like, you smoke, you smoke. So I remember like, um, and then um, he was very professional. Um, he used to do like, you know, after a game, he used to analyse the game. His, his game knowledge was unbelievable. Um, and I remember we used to, used to um, away games like the like pre-match did like on a Friday. He used to um, like the the Italian players and the French players used to let them have wine. So me and Jody goes, what? We can have wine with dinner? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but he loved it. Yeah, no, 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 no. You two, you two, no, no. Then it's culture. No, 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 no. But no, no wine for you. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> I don't drink red wine, but what? like, wine? Can I wine? Yeah, yeah go on then. I like a little piece of this. But he's like, no, no, no. no. He was unbelievable. Um, Luke was really good. And, you know, he took over. We won the... Uh, League Cup, uh, Cup Winners Cup, and you know, um, I played with the you know, he rested me with before, and then he played with the final with the the um, Bell's Palsy. And I remember he used to always play himself in Europe, um, like I think you know, because he, he, I think over him, over Sparky, because he knew the, the way they played, mm. where you can play hold up, but he's like unbelievable, um. And he just like it was just like a good time. And then we won the Super Cup, and I don't forget the Super Cup. We just signed Marcel um, from AC Milan, and some like bloody hell, like now I've got you know him and Frank Nabuff just played in the World Cup final. Mm. I'm like, okay, there's, there's a challenge in it, like trying to break these two up. Thinking mm. so, I'm thinking that's just sealed my fate at Chelsea. So I remember he, even, he signed, and Marcel was alleged like Papa. Warm, funny, like humble, like not arrogant. Mm. The status of a man was like, you know, he, he's the rock and he's like unbelievable player, but he was just so humble. Um, and uh, we, had, we had the Super Cup final against um, Real Madrid in Monaco. And we do, you do the training, we had this training in Monaco and we finished training. He goes, Dupes, this is Lucas, I need to talk to you or something. Oh, here we go. Tell me I'm not playing. And he's hugging, he's laughing, joking. I'm thinking, why is my man smiling? Like, you know, them, them, them classes, like, he's smiling. It's not funny. So, you know, I'm like, hugging, like, like, a little bit stiff, like, mm. he's like, listen, what you've done for me last year, we're here because of your efforts and you're going to play tomorrow. Marcel will play in midfield and you will play. I'm like, wicked, Luca. No, like, I've never, I remember seeing the other day, I saw him at um, Ray Wilkins' funeral the last time I saw him. Uh, and I said to him, like, give a big squeeze and hug. Um, and I sent him a message when, you know, he was, because he just got over cancer, hasn't he? Mm, yeah. So, um, but yeah, top man. So, um, and then obviously that time Marcel and Frank were playing 
And even though, like, sometimes Frank wasn't playing great, um, they still played. Um, and and that, that was the thing that, like, kind of like, oh, man, just give me a chance because I would properly, me and Marcel at the back. You know, in your head, you're thinking, me and Marcel at the back, no one's getting past us. Mm, what a combination that is, yeah. The rock and the brick wall. I just, you know, nickname yourself, the rock and the brick wall at the back. Like, no one's getting past us. Um, and, um, but it, it, it never happened. And, you know, it was frustrating playing behind Frank because, you know, I look at um, Christensen now at, at Chelsea and he goes down for the smallest thing. Mm. And it reminds me because Frank used to go down for the smallest thing and uh, I used to be sub. So every time he goes down, it goes down. You have to warm up. So I'm like, dude, go and warm up. So I'm like, so I go and warm up. He's up. Come back, sit down. Ah, uh, oh, dude. Like, oh. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes I just go go up when I'm and just go and sit by the ball boys, go and sit and watch the game, like just by there, like do you know what I mean, and just sit and watch it, like on the floor down by, like especially Stamford Bridge, just sit down, like just get on my nerves, getting up, going back in, and I don't forget a game we played at Highbury, so we played at Highbury, and um, we're at Highbury. I'm I'm on the bench, and. I'm warming up in second half and right is on the bench. I think he's come back from injury or something. He's gone, dudes, why aren't you playing, man? I said, like, right, man, I, I know. He goes, you know what? Don't like that, brother, you know. I don't like him. Watch. He's a fraud. He's a fake. Watch. Watch. As soon as I go on, he's going to come off because he don't like playing against me. He's a fucking fake, man. Watch. 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 So I remember laughing. He's warming up. goes, no, seriously, dudes. My man, every time goes down all the time. So they've gone, here, right. Go, watch, watch, watch. So it's like there, it's also like, had a crowd game, my right is coming on. Oh, you're right, right, right. Comes on five minutes later. So that happened, challenge boom, boom. And I was oh. I go on the pitch, right, it's like, told you, told you, look, my man there, told you. Yeah, I know, right, I know, right, I know. Love it. But yeah, so it was, so, so that, and then obviously, because I wasn't playing, it was a case of like, you know, I want to play football as much as I love the club. And wanted to be their success, you know. There's there was Champions League football next year, but um, I wanted to play football. I didn't just want to be on the bench. I wanted to play, um, and that's how my move to Leeds come about, you know. And plus, the club they had JT in the wings. Um, his career didn't turn out too bad. They did it. So, um, <laughs> so uh, know, right. it, it was um, it was one of them things. So it, it was for me. It was it was what was needed. Do you want to sit there and just be a player that just, you know, didn't develop just watching and being I'm at Chelsea and all the glories and, you know, I played three cup finals, actually played not being part of the club and I was part of a team that won and, mm. and you know what I mean? So it was for me time to move on and try and establish myself and try and do things um, elsewhere. Fair enough, man. So you kind of touched on it, you know, you moved to Leeds. Um, obviously, you're going there, I guess, with a mindset of starting and kind of, you know, solidifying yourself as a starter because, you know, like you said, you played three cup finals for Chelsea. Um, so what was it like there? Who was the centre about pairing when you first got there? Because you had so many, you know, you've got Woodgate. Yeah, right? I mean, when I, when I was, when I signed, so when I looked at Leeds, it was like, oh my God, I want to be part of that. Like, they'll sign all young players. It's just mm. like, right, when they finished fourth, the season we finished third. Um, it just had a team that looked like exciting. And I went there, everyone was like hungry. So the, the pairing was uh, Lucas, Lucas Radderby and Woody, Jonathan Woodgate. Um, they had uh, Rob Molinar there and who else they have in the centre-back? I think they had uh, Danny Hay, a, a young New Zealand player. So it was like, you know, trying to break um, Woody and Lucas. 
which is fair enough. And when I signed, I said to um, David O'Leary, he said, you're not guaranteed a start. I said, as long as it's fair, that's all I worry about. As long as it's fair, you know, you work hard, you're playing well, you play. He said, yeah, that's how I do it. So cool. Pre-season now, we went to Sweden and, um, you know, I was doing well in pre-season, like getting like reviews that managed to have well done. You know, you can tell like, you know, the response of the players like, well, we've got a player here. Um, so I thought, you know what, I think I've done enough like to to get like to break this pair first game of the season. It looked like it was. And I remember the manager pulling me, I think a week or so before the start of the season, saying, I'm gonna start Lucas and Woody. It's nothing to do with what you've done, but I'll be honest with you, for what they've done for me last year when they got, you know, it was quite even the pre-season. So I'm gonna say what they've done for me last year, they've earned the start. I thought, bit gutted. I thought, oh, you just said it's equal. But at the same time, I'd, I'd been a beneficiary of that sort of thinking with Luca mm. um, in the cup final. So I kind of swallowed it. And they started and they started well. And they, you know, they're two, they're two internationals. So it was hard to break. And I did, when I did get in, started getting in, doing well, I ruptured my kid's tendon. Um, so it was a bit of a like, a, oh, um, a bit of a bummer um, when I got in and I got injured. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. But yeah, it was it was difficult. And then by the time I got injured, then they'd sign Rio, Don Matteo. So now I had four internationals and five into two don't go. Mm-hmm. So at times when you know, and Dom and Rio, at, at one stage I'd say they were like one of the top two pairings in the league. Dom on his left foot, left side, controlling that. Um, Rio on the other side, like they were like unbelievable. You know, there was Woody on the sideline, Lucas, um, and Lucas wasn't like, Lucas could play, um, wasn't like he's old and just like, he was a club captain. Then there was Geese, so he was all trying to be, and I remember training, training was like, like match pace, match tempo. Yeah, I was going to say, with, with, with like, that competition, I'm guessing training must have just been unbelievable. Yeah, it was like fair, harsh, you know, mm. you're playing against Harry Kew or mm. Matt Smith or Orla, yeah. Mark Baduka, Michael Bridges, mm. or, do you know what I mean, Darren Huckabee, Robbie Keane, you know, then you throw Wallers, Rob yeah. Fowler coming in the mix. Do you know what I mean? You know, you got, you know, it was just unbelievable. Like the the, the training, you know, the, the, it was a, for me, the best period of my, my footballing life because everyone, like got on so well, we was all roughly the same age, all wanted the same thing just to do work football. You know, training started at 10, so you had to be in at like half nine. People were getting in at half eight, getting changed and just hanging around, just chatting, catching jokes, then hanging around afterwards, then going for maybe lunch together. Um, so like they might go to lunch, go to lunch. So we go to the local Italian around the corner, there'd be 20 of us, like we book it, there'd be 20 of us sitting around there till ages. Then sometime on a Tuesday night, we've got Wednesday off, everyone's going, you fancy going to town? Fancy going to town? And there'd be 20 of us rolling into town. And then at the end of the night at four o'clock, there'd be like 20 of us still steaming going, oh, you going to go home? Do you know what I mean? So like, everyone was close. Yeah, yeah. Really close. Mm. And it showed on the pitch. As soon as it comes to football, it was like deadly serious. But then off the pitch, mm. we had so many characters and jokers, you know, Gary Kelly, Robbie Keane, mm. uh, Robbie Fowler, Jason Wilcox, David Batty, like, you know, all characters, um, Woody, uh, myself, like, 
there was so many big big characters in there but come football wise there was the demand mm. was like like everyone demanded everyone wanted to was like raising the bar throw Oli Decor in there when he was coming in the oh, yeah. yeah I mean Stephen McFowl mm. sweet left of a mm. yeah yeah like um so it was that it was always say was one trophy away from building something massive mm. um and I, I I did an interview the other day and I thought it kind of reminds me of the, like the Spurs team you see now like you see it now everyone's like how long are they gonna stay together like you know, there was one trophy away from winning something. Like they come so, and all the the glory and the heights of Poch, they had all this. But then you look back, and it's like empty trophy case. And it's like, you know, how long can you hang on to the stars? Because mm. part of the reason that Leeds started to disintegrate is because, you know, we didn't get in Champions Leagues. All these players come for Champions League football. Everyone needs, you know, there's they have their uh, internationals, so they have like a big. Um, in national tournaments, so they need Champions League football to make sure they get in. They need to move away. Then all of a sudden, now you, you rip the heart out of the team. So now you've got to try and replace. How do you replace a Rio Ferdinand with what? Do you know what I mean? With who? Do you know what I mean? And then you know, Dom, or you replace Robbie Fowler, Robbie Keane, Harry Kuehl, um Lee Bowyer, Jonathan Woodgate. So it's like now you're replacing not just one, you're replacing seven. Team, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like. Pfft, and then also, you know, and then obviously we woke up and there's like a, a eighty million pound debt to pay. So I mean, which didn't help. So it's like, you know, it, it's crazy. But yeah, it was um great. It was a great time. We just won trophy away from winning something. Yeah, fair enough, man. It sounds like it was, you know, a good time when you started reading off the names of those players. Like I forgot half of those players were even there. Like yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, hey, Harry Kill was for me, man. That guy was a baller, man. His yeah, left foot yeah. was nice. Hey, Johnny's day was it was you couldn't you like it was fast, strong. Um, I don't remember the game, um, England Australia, the pace and what he'd done to Rio, little strength, right? Underestimate he was he was strong, like um, yeah. And you know Mark Vaduka, everyone forgets about Vaduks. Mm. But we had the best Cruyff other than Cruyff. Me. Like, like other than Cruyff, if it wasn't for Cruyff, it'd be called a Badooks. Like it, it was like he had the best Cruyff other than Cruyff. It was like it's so mad because when when you see him, like he'll be holding off a man, and then as you say, yeah, like Cruyff. So he's got every, he had everything, didn't he? Yeah, like, the strength yeah, yeah. and then just leave him behind. Yeah, the thing is with, with, with Badooks, it's like sometimes if he didn't fancy it, he weren't gonna try. <laughs> <Wasn't> it. <laughs> yeah, he weren't gonna try. If he fancied it, like even in training, if he wanted to be like ah. Come on, like, yeah, he wouldn't try. And if you want to go, come on, and demand it, I was like, oh, what you want to try today? Or, <laughs> he, yeah, if he wanted, when he wanted to, when he was really up for it, yeah, he was up for it. You see him bully up man and hold him off, boom, goals. But when he wasn't up for it, he could just be like giggling through the day, like, ah. yeah. So, Sounds yeah. like money. Quick <laughs> 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 shout out to, you know, Dominic Mateo as well for, you know, surviving. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dog, man. like yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so he's on the men now, so which is a good thing. Like big up to Dom, you know, it's, mm. it's crazy. Like you know, it's, it's a year older than me, Dom. Um, brain, a yeah, brain tumor. So it's crazy, crazy. Yeah, they took ninety five percent of the brain tumor out, and they still got a kind of. You were saying that he had to learn how to how to like speak again, didn't know that. Yeah, I think now he's he's learning to read and everything now. Yeah, crazy, man. Jeez. Yeah. 
I would not have to do that. You will go out to Dom and his family. Yeah, yeah, trust me. Um, but yeah, so moving on from Leeds now, you go on to Stoke, then you know St Johnston, if I'm correct. Yeah, so I went to Stoke. Tony Pulis um, went there on loan first, um, uh, and then went back to Leeds uh, with Kevin Blackwell. But skip that episode, trust me. Um, you know uh, what? You know what? Just as quickly, a few I've, I've listened to a few things where his names come up a few times. I think it was uh, 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 what's his name? Clark Carlisle mentioned him on an interview recently. Yeah, yeah, he done. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I'm not one to. It has no thing to hammer people. I did one the other day, and I was just speaking. And sometimes, when you do, when you when you're playing, you do interviews. You like, but sometimes with with like a podcast, and you're speaking to people, and depending on on the people, like you're speaking, it's it's, it's conversation, isn't it? Mm-hmm. When you get people having conversation, and I'm like, you know what? Like, let's be real, in it. Like the, the the guy was like um, a prick, like honestly. And I played with some people and played under some managers, and he just had a chip on his shoulder. And like he was just disrespectful. I, I told I'll tell you a quick story. There was one time like he just had a tip on his shoulder. So one time, you know, like during four games, you have the kick racism out of football t-shirts and all that sort of stuff. You know, so like they put them out. They, you know, kit man puts them out in your kit and like you know put them for the warm up. And sometimes if it's cold, you put them over your warm top. You just wear them in it. Mm-hmm. So I remember like the kit man put. He said like, dude, to be fair, they just sent like mediums like. I said, oh, you know what, cool. In other words, I won't wear one. So I'm not going to go out just for a cause and wear some tight-up T-shirt. And like, suddenly I'm not wearing it. So I remember going out for a warm-up and he's in the tunnel. Is it Ellen Murray? He's gone, where's your T-shirt? And I've gone like, they're only mediums, they're too small. And I was like, can't put your fucking T-shirt on. So I'm like, anyone can say anything to me, but don't talk to me like that. Like, that's how you talk to me. So I'm like, my thing is, who are you talking to? I was like, can't put your fucking t-shirt on. So I'm like, who are you talking to? This is the Tom Lord. I said, like, bruv, seriously, move from me. I said, like, and I said, like, he's talking like, what? I said, so I remember, I said, like, trust me, you don't want none of this. Like, I said, like, I said, like, what, what? I said, cool. So he's in the tunnel, the tunnel goes, forget that. Let's go, let's go right on the pitch. Let's do it out there. Let's do it out there. And I remember, um, I can't move in the middle. So like, leave it, dude. Leave it. No, no, Nick, come. We'll come and do it out there. And I remember even walking out to someone goes, come, let's go to the center circle. Come, <laughs> come. And like, it was like, it was, it was like, and this is a build up. And I remember even before it happened, we was, we was on a, a pre-season tour. And it was like, you know, you have a circle and you're in, you give, listen, in a circle, your thing is, I ain't giving it away because I don't want to go on and run. Mm. That's, my, that's your thing in it. Like, and even if like someone's like, you're back because I don't want to go in there and run. So I'm like, boom, give it, not give away. It's like, some give it away, do a bad, but dudes, you're in. That's not me. Just fucking get in. So I'm like, whoa, who are you talking to? So like, just fucking get in. And I remember bats going, dudes, 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 dudes. Like, dudes, dudes, dudes. So I'm like, I go in there, reluctantly win the ball. And it happened again. So I'm like, who are you talking to? And I remember, who, and I was like, who are you fucking talking to? So like, mind who are you talking to? Like, so like, listen, we're not like going like I'm road or whatever, but my thing is, who are you talking to? Mm. Trust me. Just respect though, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, so I'm like, like this, right? So then this guy becomes a manager. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Like, and he, he managed. He didn't play me, so he was playing. Um, uh, but Paul Butler was captain. He loved Butts and Clark Carlisle were playing. And I'm like, cool. Like, I put myself against anyone. 
like I was saying. So I'm thinking, obviously, I'm thinking I should be playing. But it's cool, they were doing well, no problem. Um, but in the meantime, how he's treating, how he's talking, like, he's just like, like you know, like, he's the gaffer now, isn't it? And, like, mm. uh, abusing power. So I remember went out on loan and then uh, come back. And I come back for a game, I must have got injured. So then now he's like, when the first team were in at normal time, 10, it's a tell the, tell the physio to tell me I'm in at two. So I'm like, I'm coming, I'm coming here, I was driving out, so I'm seeing everyone on the gate, what's going on? Like, no, like, so I'm not even seeing anyone. When the first team were at two, I'm in at nine. So I'm in on my own. I, I could went to the PFA because I was training like on my own or with like three kids, just running, doing that sort of stuff. Mm. Like he was even avoiding me. Like he was even like avoiding me and that sort of stuff. So then the reason how I got out of there, I remember my agent spoke because Ken Bates was manager at the time. And I know Ken Bates from my time at Chelsea. Like he'd had me since he was 12. Mm. Um, I had a meeting and i never forget that my agent told me that they were sitting there and they was obviously trying to agree like to get me out. Trust me, like there's some stories from the lead stuff. Like you'll not be shocked. And um, so trying trying to get out and um, so they're, they're trying to do the deal, like high, low, high, low, trying to create a deal. And then I remember mate said that Kevin Black was like, Chairman, fuck the deal. Like, wait, I'll just let him rot in the reserves. I don't care. And like, and then Ken Bates, because he knows me from a 12 year old, isn't it? Like, it's like, it's like 15, 16 years now, he's known me like, it's like, looked at him, I said, looked at him like, don't speak in this meeting no more. And then they agreed to deal and blah, blah. And not, like, I've seen Kevin Blackwell, I think, once since. I mean, if I see him now, I wouldn't like, like, like look to do him anything or have him up. But there's no way, I, you know, if people ask about me, I wouldn't like to say, like, I'm not going to say like this too much, but I just tell the stories how it is and people make their own mm-hmm. um, judgments on him. But yeah, he just had a chip on his shoulder um, just, just for no reason. Um, just didn't like him, couldn't get on with him. If I saw him now, I think he, you know, I think he was with Neil Warnock at Cardiff. Mm. But Neil Warnock's now at Middlesbrough. Yeah. So I don't know if he's he's gone there. Um, so I'm not sure what he's doing. But I'm, I, I was listening to Clark Carlisle and and some of the things that Clark Carlisle said, I didn't even realise mm. what he was saying. Mm-hmm. to do with mental his mental illness and some of the stuff when he come to him. So yeah, I think Clark Carlisle got every reason to think he's like, you know, um, what he said of him. And I think there's a few other people that have said stories. Um, you just have this little watch like on his wrist, like keep doing this, and like instead of just like thinking, just tighten the buckles up. You know, like the man like skip, like tighten. You know, like we kept. It's annoying, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Just, just get, just tell man to take a little link, a link out or something. We kept doing this. Like, I'm like, and the watch was some thin, like rubbish. It wasn't even like a nice watch. It was just like just kept doing this, and I'm like, just, just take a link off. Like, is that what I mean? Like, so, yeah. yeah, it was, it wasn't fun. But yeah, I went to Stoke with Tony Pulis, who um who at Stoke at the time, they got my love back for the game and football. Because obviously at the time at Leeds, it was a bit like disheartening and, and a little bit like, oh, what am I doing, man? Like, I'm miles away from home. I'm not even playing. I'm getting stick from the fans because they think I'm part of the reason why the club's in the, the position it's in. Mm. I'm some money-grabbing so-and-so. Mm. So I'm not even getting that. I'm still getting stick from the the court case with Woody and I'm this and I'm that because obviously Woody was a homegrown and I'm this guy from London and blah, blah. So it wasn't even like, you know, I'm getting love from where I am. It's just mm. it's just like, oh. and then uh, Tony Pulis come, went to Stoke. Uh, fans were amazing. And don't get me wrong, Leeds fans, like, you know, I get like a lot of love from Leeds fans. Obviously, it's small fractions of them. 
But I like, went to Stoke. Um, it was just like, yes. Do you know what I mean? I like, love it here. Tony Pulis, you know, you know, Tony Pulis way we defend, we're strong, we're robust. Do you know what I mean? You know, we get up there and we see what we get. Um, and I loved it. Um, so I went there, moved to Stoke, loved the town. You know, I, it was at the time I had um, my London contingent. I had John Halls was there, who now is a, a model, a top model now, boy. Wow. H&M and all them, you see Halsey. Oh, mad. I'm like, rah, all the texting now. I said, bruv, I'm going to H&M. You're going to say, what's going on? Um, or in Milan, so I'll see Halsey. Um, at Gifton, Noel Williams was there. Mm. Um, uh, Adi Akinbae, um and uh, Peter Sweeney. So like, it was like brilliant. It was like home from home. All got on well. Just, just loved it really. Um, and then Tony Pulis left, and then Johan Boskamp come, and we just changed from Pulis's long ball final third to total football Dutch way mm. and really good you know made uh, club captain um, is really good and then uh, he left and Tony come back and then uh, I moved to Reading okay cool so I'm just going to fast forward briefly oh, moving on kind of thing to kind of towards the kind of obviously now we're at the latter end of your career anyway yeah kind of moving on to so at this point now are you thinking about what you're going to do afterwards like when when was the kind of turning point where you thought, okay, I need to actually think about what I'm going to do? After? I think when I was um, when I was at St Johnson, Scotland. I mean, I always knew I wasn't going going into coaching. It wasn't something I was thinking of going. Oh, really? Into. Why, why is that? Just because I thought um, it's another commitment of time. Mm. And I wanted um, my my time to be myself. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So another like career where you're away from home, missing the Christmases, missing all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, when I was at St John's, I started like thinking about what I was going to do, um, and that's when I started. You know, I had this plan in my head. What I was going to do was I was going to do a journalism course, which I did, um, and I started writing for the Scottish Sun. And then I'd do a few years of that, and now get my a reputation as a good writer up. So then, when I went in front of the camera, I'd be a little bit more respected than just uh, an ex-pro that went in there and sort of like mic'd up. And so that was my plan. Um, so when I did that, was writing for the Scottish Sun, uh, I thought, yeah, brilliant. So when I moved back down, it's like, oh, well, Scottish Sun and the Sun down is different. So trying to get a, a little writing gig down here, which carried some weight, was a little bit difficult. Uh, but I ended up doing a, um, a weekly column in the Oxford Mail when I was at Oxford. Mm. So my own little... Um, uh, Piece column in the Oxford Mail. I was writing for it weekly, which was good. You know, again, the career thinking I'm right there, and then, and I was doing a little bit of media work um, here and there. But it's like most things, you, you know, there's the big like positions that you see on the TV that mm. um, the big names hold, and then everyone else, you have to really like graft, 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 not graft, the graft doesn't bother me, but you have to just do little bits and lots, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots. And it was like, the time was like, okay, it's still taken away from my time. It's defined like an object, but like, it wasn't like, like a lot of gigs. So even trying to get onto, you know, you see that the people on the EFL TV thing, that's much the same. So there was like, you know, trying to make a career where they'd call you one in every seven weeks. It's like, 
you can't make a, a living off of that or just waiting for him to call you. Like you need to be an anchor. And, it, and when, it's, when you're doing it, you don't actually get a chance to show your personality because you're just sitting there waiting for the question to come and then you're just giving your analysts on the game, yeah, 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 okay. It's, you know, it's only if you're an anchor you get you show your personality and, you know, that whole monotone way of coming across, you can be one of many, do you know what I mean? So you don't actually get to show it. It wasn't like, yeah, loving this. Um, and it wasn't the frustration of not doing it regularly. It was just a case of, you know, because I was doing Chelsea TV for a bit and it's like the same as like, don't get to show your personality. They don't just see me. It's just like me giving my, oh, yeah, well, be fair, the defending should be there then. You're not going to fire joking. <laughs> oh, yeah. It doesn't make sense. So, you, yeah, obviously it was there. You know, you're trying to show you have knowledge of the game. So you're trying to like boom, 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 which everyone tries to do. Mm. Don't get to show your personality. You're just trying to have to show that you have in your 20 or one minute, you show you've got knowledge, you understand the game, and that's it, and it goes over. Mm. And that's it, and you're sitting there, Thank Waiting you for the next one, yeah. and then, then that's it. So it was like, and you know, in, in that time, um, you know, even my role as like when I was a senior player, even before, always helping people, um, speaking. And sometimes players I played with would call me, give a little bit of advice, and talking and blah blah. I can't remember who said it's that you know, you should like ever thought of like um, doing this, and you should like do motivational speaking because I think like that sort of time was like. Uh, big and I, I always like the Eric Thomases um, and how they do it but you know over here you can't be that upbeat American you just don't come over for a British audience like, yeah that's no, true, true. You're, just, you're just shouting in, in, in English or Cockney you got it I was like bro what's the man like that slow down I'm down man yeah yeah it does work so as much you know it's great you're watching it and they have it near tone near this. Mm. The American audience love that. Mm-hmm. Over here, we're a little bit reserved, like, don't shout, just tell me how to fix it, tell me how to do well. Mm. Um, so um, I went and studied and done um, with a lady one-to-one about doing keynote speaking, knowing how to um, create a talk. Someone come and ask me, can you come and do a talk on uh, kids needing resilience? I can go away, put it together, and do a 45-minute talk on it. So mm-hmm. Some people think, oh, I can talk 45 minutes, but then all of a sudden now, they stand up there for a minute and they're, like, repeating themselves. Um, mm-hmm. To be fair, resilience is good. Um, so doing that, and then in that itself, remember, I wanted to go into the corporate world, and I wanted something. In my head, I wanted to be... Um, this is how made leaders started to come about and, and, and grow. Mm-hmm. Before, so, what, what is Made Leaders for the listeners? So, Made Leaders is 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 a coaching company. I'm I'm a qualified executive coach, and so which means is I can go into uh, not a Barclays Bank High Street store, but Barclays Bank Canary Wharf and speak to the directors, the executive um, team, and give them uh, help and guidance on goal setting. Have how that how they would fix so if a, a top director wanted help on how he would become uh, a managing director in eighteen months. I can sit with him, work with him for eighteen months, um, and get set him a goal plan. If he wanted help on how he can get uh, to grips with his his team, he's struggling with that. I can go in and speak to him and help him. It's like you know people say life coach, but it, it's it's that sort of stuff and and help him with that sort of way. Um, and and as a made leaders. You know, also we do, you know, leadership uh, development. So 
people who want to uh, grow into a leader, um, we have um, a program where we, we would help you with that. Um, you know, and I always say, you know, people say, our oh, leaders, you know, uh, are born. You know, you're not, there's no born leaders made. Everyone's made. Everyone's it's a sense of development. Do you know what I mean? And hard work development. You know, I also go in and, and do, could do one day workshops where I'm taking, and most of my, most of my, um, niche in my background is, is, is coming from the success at sport. And I always say to people, um, people look at footballers and the perception of footballers isn't great in the general public, you know, mm. overpaid, sport, brattish, um, you know, troublesome. But what people don't realise is, is that um, professional footballers have so many valuable skill sets that even they don't understand until maybe they, it's too late when they retire. I'm saying to them, you know, we go into the corporate world, resilience. Not many people in, in, in the business world are resilient because mm. something goes wrong, they crumble. Mm. You know, the, the manager is sacked. They get scared because now they're losing their job. Mm. You ask any professional player, if a manager gets sacked, they're using it as well. Now, chance for me to play mm. or I have to work harder. There's no panic. Mm. I mean, change is something that always happens. There's no panic. Your teammate gets sold. You don't seem, oh my God, I'm getting sold. You just think, oh, where's he gone? Mm. In, in, in the business world, when changes happen, people think that's the end of me as well. So there's a different mindset and, and players um, are more different, these skill sets that can help them to succeed when they retire. So mm. I go in and I go and speak from the, the mindset of someone that's successful in this world. I, I say to them, like some one of the opening things I was speaking to um, a room of these it could be anyone these top MDs, and I say, to, what would it look like? Where would you be if using the top 0.01 percent of your professional industry? Just picture yourself in the top 0.01 percent. Where would you be? And what would it look like? Mm. And you know, for them, like, for them, it would be like you know, the one of the top people at Run Barclays or one of like you know top guys that run Apple, that's in the top 0.01% of their profession. Mm. So that's what someone that's played in the Premier League has achieved. Mm. That I mean, so I'm saying, so the skill set and so like success always leaves footprints. So you don't about the profession, the industry, look at someone who's successful and now take away the, the, the profession the industry, but just look at the footprints and what they've done. Now you follow that and put it into yours. That's what you do. Cause again, you look at a footballer, if he's not playing, he's looking at the guy that's playing and thinking, what can I take out of his game and mm. add it to my game with what I've got and now I can play. Mm. So he's always looking to add and take away. So mm. my, my areas is I'm taking my success and saying to him, listen, if you add that into yours, and my, my, my thing is that seven and two is nine. That's, that's your way of thinking. But I'm telling you now, so does five and four. Mm. I'm your five and four. So now if you have different ways of working and solving a problem, how easy would it be? Because it might, you might use seven and two today, but when you get stuck on that, you also know actually five and four. Mm -hmm. Actually, it might even be six and three. So your mind is, is that different. So I'm coming in and saying to you, here's a different way of thinking. So you're at this level here. So if you add what I'm giving you, at the worst case scenario, you just stay here. Mm. But if you took it on board, you could be here. Mm. Now, if everyone's still at this, this level and now you've got this and you're here, 
Now what's it look like? Flying, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's just a way of breaking things down. So Mate Leaders is um, like a coaching company. We offer programs, one-to-ones. We go in like, you know, day programs for companies that know they just want like, sometimes people just want a boost, another way to, to, to get the team together. Um, you know, I'm not saying I'm the team bonding where we just go run around and just play games. There's always some learning to it. Mm. Uh, you know, some people just want me to work with them for a period of time to help them get themselves together. Um, so, you know, and, and recently um, I'm working with companies to help with, you know, the diversity inclusion that's needed in, in a lot of companies, mm. um, how they can um, change their culture. A lot of people want to do that because obviously with the diversion in, uh, and inclusion, you know, there needs to be a culture change in, in, in the company. So how they can um, have help in restructuring their culture and changing that and implementing that, their values. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a lot of different ways, but it's for me, it's, 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 it's great because, you know, using and, and, and changing uh, industries and using what I know to affect other people, um, it's 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 a good thing, you know. Not most of my stuff is is done um, through myself, um, just using what I know mm. and what I have, and just understanding that actually, as a in the twenty years of professional football and with life, my life skills and life experience, it's you know there's there's a lot there that can be shared and can be learned. So you see, you see, you see with it, like, do you need to get uh, like added qualifications with it then? Or oh yeah, I'm qualified. Like... So I have a an advanced diploma in executive coaching. So mm-hmm. um, with coaching, um, coaching is an industry where it's it's not to say it's fairly new, but it there's two there's two governing bodies. So it's not a universal governing body. There's two governing bodies. There's the EMCC and the IFL. Um, so I'm I'm qualified. So I went and found which is the most the one that everyone recognises the most. And you know, the IFL is more in America, they, 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 they recognise it, going to the corporate world, they're like, oh, what we qualification from? The MCC is more recognised Europe and over here. So I had to qualify and get my uh, advanced diploma um, over here. Got my coach now, I was coach people. So yeah, so that's one of my things. I didn't want to go into um, knocking the door with someone and then they say, oh, you're not qualified. Mm-hmm. So I think they give me an excuse. You know, as, as a professional player, you never give an honest excuse. Yeah. They give me an excuse. So you know, all, gonna, all they can say is, oh, you're not experienced enough. That's the only thing they can say. Oh, yeah, what's... To be fair, I, I did a piece the other day on on, on LinkedIn. And, you know, it, it, there's a little bit of um, sameness. So there's, you know, unconscious bias where mm-hmm. there's not, not many black, black ex-professional football coaches do you know what I mean and sometimes you know you, you're looking at oh this is this your coach very different than I, I thought you look I don't come in in a uh, a shirt and, and, and tie do you know what I mean I come what's comfortable so sometimes I'll be in uh, a tracksuit do you know what I mean mm. and then you know, I'm, I'm telling them like you know well that's your unconscious bias kicking in because you must have a, a thing about people in tracksuits Mm. You know I mean, like, look at look at the content. Listen to what I'm saying. So if if you're if you're straight away, um, straight away frying, turning your nose up someone in a tracksuit. What about when you're in your your staff and there's someone that doesn't look like you or sound like you, and you're turning your nose? Now you're not going to take on board that information that might help. Mm. Straight away, just switched off to it. Do you know what I mean? So 
that's my sort of stuff. And that's one of the buzzes when I stand up in front of people and there's a, a 50-year-old white lady that's never had an interest in football, doesn't know me, doesn't really cater for me, hasn't really mingled with um, black people. And also now, just my experiences, my stories and my, my life journey, she's like, wow, that's really helped me. And now she wants to work with me. Can you work with me as my coach? Because I think, you know, you could help me. That's, that's, that's the buzz. So, it, you know, there is qualifications needed and I've got my qualifications and now I'm just, just trying to break through an industry that's very much, let's say, uh, you know, people, they usually tend to go, go to the same people. Mm. Um, you know, they want, you know, we need, we need our team boosted. Okay. We're going to go to Greg. Greg's a 60 year old that used to have a friend that worked for NASA. Who's got a story about, you know, Neil Armstrong's sister's cat that might help him, and he's going to do the same thing, okay, everyone, mm, now shake your arm, and that, you know, and that's their thing, and it's like the yeah. same old, yeah, it works, it works, you know, I really like Greg's session, do you know what I mean, so sometimes, you know, you need in this, the person that's actually, I want something different, I want someone different, do you know what I mean, mm. I want someone to make a change, and hopefully that's, that's what um, I'm doing, knocking down doors, and that's what I've done all through COVID, is just saying to people, you know, here's your five and four, like you've done seven and two all the time. And if, if, and sometimes the problem is they go to someone with the same way of thinking. So, I mean, they, they want, they want to change, but they go to someone that's thinking seven and two, they're just doing two and seven, seven and two. And it's the same way. So I'm saying, you know, there's a different way of thinking. We both want nine. I'm going to give you nine, but it's just a different way of thinking, a different way of solving it. And you're still going to have your seven and two. I'm not saying it's rubbish. It's not, it's not going to work. But everyone's gonna walk out thinking, "Well, I've got a different way of solving." That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. So it, it's it's but it's, it's it's all right. It's just like most things in it. And it's remember, there's not there's no one before me that's paved the way. Mm. You know what I mean? So you know, it's it's having to to do it myself. Mm. And the perception of a footballer isn't great around people. Oh, oh, play football. Oh, what can a footballer teach me? That's mm. the first thing I say. Mm. And you know, whereas. Um, Olympians and rugby players, you know, they come from that sort of educated sort of background where footballer comes from just down the road, isn't he? Just, mm. just down the road, like, you know, what do you need? Just get, what is good at football? And I'm saying, well, yeah, but there's a 10 year process that most of these kids have gone through, mm. through rejection, through no's that have beat 10,000 people to the position. Do you know what I mean? It's that sacrifice a lot more than you think. Mm. You just rubbish them. Even you look at a player that's you know, flirting with um, the Football League, League Two. I said to my son the other day, like, oh, look at him, I'm saying, yeah, but do you know how many people he's beaten off to get to where he's got to? Facts. How many times he's heard no? How many times he's uh, told he's not good enough? Do you know what I mean? And to, to get to where he's got to. So, you know, and all that sort of stuff that gets underpinned because, you know, these players are competing, they're seeing the pinnacle of their industry and thinking, well, but really, they're, they're still in a high percentage that have got to where they got to. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And it's, you know, there's, there's some value there. But the perception of a footballer is, isn't um, as high or as strong as it, it, it can be. Um, I think sometimes, it's, 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 is it changing now? You know, not many players just go into the media and coaching. So that's all people see. And sometimes when, when players become entrepreneurs, they don't really see it. And... Mm. If people are doing something else, it's not really brought to the forefront. 
to some, you know, other players don't really know. Um, you know, I've searched high and low for other former executive um, coaches, uh, football players. Um, there, there isn't any. There's other players that do speaking. When you say do motivational speaking, they just think you're an afternoon speaker that you're going to have a pint your hand and go, oh, one mm-hmm. time, me and Gazza. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. it's a little bit different than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's you know, you're, you're always fighting the perception sometimes. Yeah, to be honest with you, like, this is the whole reason why, you know, me and Richard created this podcast, to kind of break those barriers, to, you know, break those, those walls of, you know, what the ceiling for a professional footballer or sportsman or women and whatever they do is after their career because like you said you know we kind of look high and low as to you know what people were doing outside of their careers and there wasn't many it was just kind of you know coaching managers kind of the same generic type of job so mm. this is literally the reason of this podcast is to you know uh, give people like you a platform to kind of show that you know you're, you're doing something different and you're trying to break the mold and that like you said as a sportsman there's so many things that you go through, so many intangible skills that you have that can transfer to other areas. So, no, nah, it's really inspiring, you know, and important what you're doing. And, um, yeah, we hope that, you know, definitely you're going to grow for sure. Yeah, I, I believe I believe so. I mean, I liken it to when young player, I'm 17. Um, I know I'm good enough to be playing, but I'm not getting the opportunity, mm. the opportunity I should get. But the one thing I say to any young person when I was, when I was playing with them is don't let frustration be your Achilles heel. Mm. Sometimes frustration, you get frustrated, you lose track, you know, oh. so don't you let frustration. Focus, isn't it? Yeah, and, and you know, and, and, and sometimes with social media, it, it, it's something that people buy into because you can look at social media and think, oh my God, look how successful that person is, that person. Social media is what you, you, can, you, you can build it to be. I could now go on there and put some fake pictures up and you think, oh my God, he's just, he's just gone here, he's just done this, just done that. Do it for like all week. And it's like, it gives people the impression what you want to give it. Do you know what I mean? But you know, you have to be real to yourself. So it's, it's sometimes people get drawn into that. So I just stay in my lane, uh, keep doing, reaching out to the right people, building what I have to build. You know, I've always, even when I played football, I wanted success, not fame. And uh, Made Leaders is, is about success, not fame. Um, you know, if I'm on Instagram, it's to, you know, to encourage, to, to help, to empower. You know, sometimes, like, you know, my thing with Instagram is just to connect with people that you, that you didn't think you connect with or you see, um, to, if they're doing well, to give them a boost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you're not competing with anyone. Um, I'm not about, you know, to, for me to rise doesn't mean I have to tread on anyone. For me to rise, it's just me to rise. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's enough. There's enough of this cake for everyone to eat well. Yeah, this is true. I mean, so it's like not about like you know. Even if I was doing a podcast, you know, it's it's like not for me. Oh, oh well, well, no. If you're doing podcasts, you know what? Let's let's boost this and go on to my boys' podcast over there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like there's enough. There's enough. Just one can rise together. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you know, we all. It's like the 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 guy that used to go out. You just go out with a guy and to get a girl, you should hammer the next man out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you've, got, yeah. you've got a game, you don't have to talk about no man. It's about Facts, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like the, you know, the people that just like want to crush, you know, it's not that crabs in the barrel mentality. Let's just help each other on. And, that, and that's, you know, what I'm about. And, uh, and that's on social media. But I think people can get drawn into looking at what people are doing and thinking they're not doing so well. Um, and it's like, you know, stay in your lane 
have your targets, keep doing what you're doing, and you know, you know, eventually, you know, cream always rises to the top. Oh, facts. You see, um, so you spoke about, uh, you know, you you've doing a bit of writing, and I've read a few of your bits on on LinkedIn, and I think. You know, you mentioned about the MJ documentary. I think everyone's watched it. Uh, so I think all of our listeners have probably watched it now. I know a few of our past guests have spoken about it, but you spoke about the kind of autocratic leader. Yeah. Uh, the kind of question I've got for you is like, for you personally, how, if, have you, one, have you, come, have you come across that style of leadership? How did you react to it? And do you think that has changed over time now you're slightly older? Um, yeah, like, 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 that's why I don't think I responded to a Kevin Blackwell because um, that, uh, do as I say, that Sergeant Major is historic. Mm. There's a time for being... He's, he's not MJ, though. Let's, let's not get that twisted. He's not yeah, yeah, no, no. But no, yeah. he's not even in that league. You know? <laughs> but, but with, with, with the MJ thing, and what, what, I, what, I, what my, my thing was, and, like, I get great and superstar and we're all we're all men here and watching the documentary for me he he abused his power as such and like he done well but my thing is and i i i, I look at but i for me i'm looking at uh, uh lebron because i think that lebron brings everyone up mm. mj done what he done and everyone had to catch up mm. you know i mean lebron is bringing everyone up and he carries mm. a lot more so I'm saying, was he a great leader or did he just he was just a great player? Mm. Like, he done well and done a great player, like brilliant, yes. And he he won them rings. And everyone everyone benefited off it. But then when you sit and listen to people speaking, they're not saying great leader. They're not saying, wow, he helped me this and that. They they they're not saying that. So I'm saying, how great a leader is he? Because at some stage, it's the respect of your peers. Yeah, you can have the watch, have the money. Yes. He's looked money-wise and everyone adores him. But in that locker room and, and, and stuff, you want the respect to the peers. And everyone respects his game. Mm. But not many people are saying, great leader, he done this. Um, and he, he wasn't that. So that, that way of style, when you're talking about telling the air hostess to tell my man not to eat. Like, listen, like, again, I'm, as a, let's look at, as a 17-year-old coming through the team, if, if the senior player said, telling me can't eat, you might sit there and go, rah, and you're not going to say too much because you're the young player on the team and there might be a reason you don't want to kick off because he's the great one in there. Mm-hmm. But if he's my peer and, and, and he's 28 and I'm 28 and, t- and he's telling the woman not, not to eat, I don't care if I'm not playing or not. Who are you talking to? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me not to eat. Like, if, we're on a, if we're on a pitch and we're demanding, I'm not pulling my weight. Yo, this, that's, that's the sport. And I get where he's trying to um, get everyone to go, and I get where he's trying to drag everyone up, up, up across the line. But some of the stuff he's doing in training, where he's trying to go to everyone and go to everyone, go mm-hmm. your teammates. These are the ones you're going to want to to um, to go with you. And and anyone that's played team sport, like like how are you going to like want to f- like um, want everyone to go in the trench with you? Mm. You're trying to mug them off in the in the thing, go there, run to what they stick up for you, and it's like, oh, what now? Um, I'm right now because I think I'm, I'm I can't bully you. I just got to move on to anyone else. Mm. So his style, um, that autocratic, and it resembled more autocratic because the only other thing I resembled was a little bit more bullying. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I don't think he, you know, he done it because I'm the best. This is the best way. 
do it my way. And I'm like, yes, it, it, it worked because most times everyone let him because they benefited from it. Mm. When you sit down and how many of them said, he was a great leader, he helped me. Because leadership is someone that inspires you to be better, do better, or, or want better. Mm. But how many people did, did a come away guy and yeah, MJ like inspired me this and kids wanted to be MJ. You really hear it, yeah. They they look from the outside because they want they you know they want that they want to be like oh my god he's great, but what those that played with him like weren't looking and saying oh my god this guy here this what a, what a teammate they weren't saying that like no one really said that so mm. I'm I, I, my thing was let's not take it away as as a great sportsman elite and we know what it takes to be elite to to stand head and shoulders in a in an elite league itself that's why you look at Ronaldo and Messi and thinking mm. wow. So you understand that, understand that. But as leader and, and being a great, nah, and I, I couldn't have played under that. And I wouldn't have stood for that because as a man, I'm like, I'd rather what, sit here now like have it, and sitting there looking at my kids and knowing that someone boyed me off and told me what I should eat and what I shouldn't eat. Yeah, Unless you're the nutritionist saying, you know what, dudes, we're not eating chips. Come on now, we're athletes. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Telling the woman he played rubbish, take his food away. Nah, I'm fighting someone. No, no, no. yeah. It's not even a sport thing. That's mm. It's respect, isn't it? Yeah. He should be saying that to someone. Wait, we don't do that here. So I, I, I look at him and, you know, I look at LeBron, I think, like, LeBron brings more people, like, up than he does. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's a little bit different. So the, the autocratic style, and autocratic has got a time, isn't it? So when you're saying, listen, meetings at eight, there's no room for error. It's not like court. meetings at eight. That's mm. what the meeting is. Yeah, all practical. Mm. So. But now the, the 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 days of leadership where you know uh, that you have to inspire people. I think that the mm. people get like where my belief is. As I said this other day, where um, social media, um, TV, and that people get inspired for different things now. So when people had their idea of a leader, it isn't like the the army sergeant, it isn't the guy in the suit that owns a company. It could be the the quiet IT guy that gets his work done. Mm. People get inspired by greatness, excellence, brilliance. They just want to be inspired. Oh my God, how to do that? So if sometimes mm. if you're good at something, people put you in that leader, leader role. Do you know what I mean? You know, at school, he's the fastest, he's the strongest, mm. he's the team captain. So people get inspired by different things. So now everyone has their own, ask 10 people what their idea of a leader is. They'd have 10 different it's visions. Different answers, isn't it? Mm. You know I mean, so it's like, it's like different. And sometimes leaders just need to inspire. Sometimes you have to know when to let everyone make a decision. Sometimes, so the, the different ways of leadership has to be, have a cocktail of different things. Sometimes you have to let the group decide. Sometimes you have to decide. Sometimes there's no room I'm going to take because this is my area of excellence or expertise. So um, MJ, like, um, yeah, it wasn't, he wouldn't like, Play with him, brilliant. But as mm. I think of a great leader, for me, when some people go, yeah, because they just want to play Michael Jordan. Mm. That's what some of them did. But idea of an excellence, if like I couldn't, I couldn't have no man like, um, nah, man. Moving on from that, um, so, you know, as a black ex-pro footballer, like, do you think that there's a problem in the system in terms of you know a pathway to become a coach? I know, obviously, you don't want to become a coach. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think there there's a, a, a massive um, problem. Um, you know, you look. You now you used to see 
people hire, um, you know, you look at Gareth Southgate, Roy Keane, um, and that sort of generation. Uh, and there was like, they're winners, mm. they're leaders, but then so's Andy Cole, mm. uh, Sol Campbell, Dwight York, um, these right. these people that are like, but they don't get the opportunity. Paul Ince, mm. Paul Ince had to go the long way around. Um, so there is there is there is a problem um, in is a flaw in the system of hiring. But I, I did this. I, I was reading the other day, and I and I believe that um, far stronger than than racism in in football is nepotism, mm. where people are picking friends, people like-minded, similar thinking. Mm. So that <coughs> is far stronger than, than racism because then the players, you know, how many black owners that are going to pick, you know what, yeah, 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 yeah Rich, like, I got you. you mm. gonna be. So, you know, even the coaching staff, they pick mates and they pick so-and-so. So the opportunities for black coaches are few and far between. Um do you know what I mean? So then it's 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 a lot harder. The the boardroom people I've been in the boardroom for years. So and then when they when they pass on, they bring on someone that they know, mm. getting emphasis running strife in, in football. So the 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 ideas just carry on and carry on and carry on and carry on. So unless we're getting um some billionaire from the Caribbean or Africa that's going to come in and start buying up the, and then all of a sudden they're wanting um, a black manager and then that carries on. Mm. But that's, that's, there's a, there's a far bigger problem with nepotism in mm. football that then, you know, makes, makes racism mm. seem like a big thing. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, cause you can't prove racism, you know, they say, oh, well, you know, that, he's a winner. We, we pick Sansa cause he's a winner. And he'd say, well, he's, well, he's the one for the job. You know, and sometimes telling people how to spend their money is, is like, oh well, I mean, I'm paying him out for. So, but I just think that it's it's they're picking people like-minded that look like them, resemble them, that might think like them, rather than someone that's like, okay, well, yeah, I don't know, I don't know about that. Yeah, we don't really. Yeah, I don't know what he's like. It's always seen as a gamble, isn't it? And I think you mentioned that in your um, one of your pieces. I think the one about sameness. Yeah. To say unconscious bias and just like, okay, yeah, you can get someone who thinks like you, but then that's just the same way of thinking. And then the club's yeah. confused that they're, they're making the same mistakes. Whereas, like, hang on, you just pick someone who's thinking the same as the last man. So how are you ever going to move forward? That's what I'm saying. So a lot of these things is always think, thinking the same. It worked. And it's like whether they don't want to don't want to gamble. Well, we know we're, we know we're saying we get him and we're raised by two places. We're not going to get up there. We, we know where we are, and it's it's the same way of thinking. You, you you look, listen. You know we sat there and go a job up for grabs, and it's the same names. You're thinking these people were on the list ten years ago. Literally, I mean, yeah. like Ian Kirbysty, uh, Sam Allardyce, um, you know, uh, all it's, it's the, the list. Yeah, it's, the list is just the same. It's like same no, names, yeah. no new names. It's like yeah. it's crazy. So, you know, it's it is a problem, and how it gets it gets fixed is um, there's it from the top top downwards. 
not from the bottom's top downwards. And something has to be put in place. I know that NFL, you know, have uh, you know have the Rooney rule, and it's it's working. You see a lot more black head coaches mm. on the sideline, um, but there, there has to be something done. But sometimes football seems so prehistoric in it in it in its thinking. It's like, oh, we, it was the first game. We don't need to change anything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, well, you do need to change something. Um, you know, and I think they need to start showing um, their interview lists, who they speak to, you know, why not speaking to someone, you know, because all, all the, the, the managers now, you're thinking, Sol, why isn't he at a top club? I know he's, he's, he's getting all these these smaller jobs and they don't work out and, and then that's like supposed to be his chance. Mm, people yeah, use I mean, that against like, him, yeah, isn't it? It's like, well, he's trying to create a thing, you know, he's, he's mm. working with lesser players, lesser budget, mm. and, you know, all this sort of stuff and that's supposed to be his chance. It's like, it's 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 crazy, you know, just, but listen, I, I just think that you just want equality. Mm. Fair chance, fair shot, everyone even. So, you know, maybe people have to be transparent with their, interview lists, who they spoke to, um, who they gave a second interview to, mm. and you can see it. And if, if, they, if it shows that black managers are not going for the job, then you can see. But when you're seeing that, like, all these players that have gone for it and then no one's made the second interview, the second mm. phase, then, then there's a problem. So there's got to be something um, that's got to be a little bit more transparent that everyone can see that will help um, solve it. But maybe people don't want it solved, and maybe people are happy the way it is. You know, and you know, yeah. I mean, if I'm honest, like you know, for me, I just hope this isn't um, another uh, let's kick racism out of football, Mm. where everyone just wears a t-shirt and holds a card for the the beginning of the season photographs. And okay, yeah, wear your t-shirt. Okay, we're gonna do. Oh, you start. You know, everyone. So, I mean, now they're going to think it's, oh, we just keep it on the, everyone wears it on their shirts. And do you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. like another phase, you know, hopefully yeah. it's not different. There's a little bit of movement. The problem is that there's so many different fractions within the, under the BLM banner. Yeah. That is it all going the same direction? What is everyone doing? Yeah. Um, you know, in sport, you know, we definitely want equality and it's the same in the corporate world, you know, more, um, managing directors, more owners, more um, really top leadership positions for black people. How's it work? It's definitely from the top. Um, so there's got to be some sort of way of governing it. How do you govern it? Um, I'm sure there's some some intelligent man out there, black man, that says this is the, the way. Um, but you know, right now there definitely needs to be a face for the BLM movement that everyone can okay and a little movement on where it's going rather than it just, where's it going? What's happening with it? Um, and, you know, especially in, whether it's like, you know, okay, we have the sport. It's what we're going to do for sport. It's what we're going to do for so-and-so. So at the moment, you know, with the BLM in football and then like the coaches and the, the management, like what's happening there? Mm. At the moment, it's just, we're kneeling. Um, but then where's the change? Because mm. everyone wants to change. Mm. Is it going to be, we kneel, they keep the names on the shirt, then what? Mm. You know what I mean, it's, it's like, what, what's next? And Otherwise, it's just another gesture, isn't it? Like, yeah, like, like, you know, like, I remember the kick racing out football when that first came out. Mm. Like, is it a great campaign? Is it great? It's, it's just a, a thing now, isn't it? It's like, mm. you just, just recognise the logo. 
mm. for people to be aware of, you know, doesn't really, if I'm honest, doesn't really mean much. Mm. Uh, all the things that are happening, mm. uh, whether it be on the pitch or or in the stands, like it, there's too much happening where for this to be 23 years on and we're still having incidents, I know you can't stop it, but at 23 years on, it should be far stronger than where it is. So mm-hmm. where does you know the BLM movement happen? What's going to happen? In you know, we definitely need more um, black uh, coaches. Um, and I just, I just think black coaches want, you know, I just want a fair shot. Same like we was playing. I just, if enough, if I'm doing well, then I'm in the team. If I'm not doing well, tell me and I improve. Mm. Just a, a fair shot. And I think once we get that, how we get that is is the next thing. My, you see, just quick on as well because I know you mentioned the Rooney rule. Like, so before I move on to my next question, like, I think they do have that in the EFL at the moment for managers. But I was just talking to Manny just before this, before you came on the call actually about okay, they've got the Rooney rule, but there's a big loophole in that they don't like. So, say for example, with Middlesbrough, they got Warnock recently, didn't they? Yeah. So like, if we if we don't have a short list. You can just turn around and say, "I wanted him, and I got, and I, but I approached him, and I got him straight away." Do you know what I mean? And yeah. that's how managers are. That's how like some clubs are getting around using this yeah. renewal thing. So it's like, okay, all the clubs voted for this, and they all voted for this loophole. So something's obviously there saying, "Well, okay, do you really want change, or do you just want another gesture?" Like, oh, we've, we voted for the renewal, but you voted for this loophole. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, and things like that. Like, I think, I think that. I think people will just do tick boxes and I think there's got to be a little bit more. I think people will just do it to be seen, to do it, you know, oh, we've got to get a few more either black people or women on the board to make sure we've got a quote up and we look like we're doing something. So hire that person, hire that person, whatever role, role they do. But there has to be something more. And I, and I know I can't remember speaking to and there's a little bit of players that, you know, they don't want to get something on Default, they want to earn it. You know, they want to earn it. Which is fair. But at the same time, you want level playing field. Mm. So I think the Rooney will give it a level playing field. So, you know, there has to be certain people going for interviews. There has to be certain mats. So, you know, that will give people like at least uh, an equal shot. But mm. like we said before, if you've got a, a board of six that have always been there, six white guys have always been there, mm. doing the hiring, firing, regardless of what Rooney rule is, they're going to make the same decisions. Mm. So that's why you need a, a little diverse board. So, you know what? You might need a black person on there, uh, you know, and so so like like most things, it needs to be unanimous decision. So they're going, oh, yeah, Sam, get Sam, Sam Allardyce. He's going, no, Sam's not the one. Why not? And he can sit there like a jury would and say, so it's got to be unanimous. Mm. It's got to be unanimous. We don't, we don't, we don't get him. Do you know what I mean? So it's got to be unanimous, but you have to have someone with a, a change of thinking. If all three of us all think the same, we might just be one. Like mm-hmm. one person there, we need to like challenge each other's thinking and say, you know what? No, that's what I do. I don't think that because of this and that. And then we're going to, okay, I get what you're saying. Do you know what I mean? And then we come to unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. So I think that in, in on the, that's why on the board, on higher up, you need a bit of diversity. So when they're doing the hiring and the firing, there's someone there and thinking, okay, yeah, I agree with that. But if it's all the, all the same people sitting there and thinking, oh, no, yeah, well, I don't like Mark Adubin. Yeah, he's a, bit, he's a bit, yeah, a bit too much for us. Oh, we like him. He's, yeah, we know we're going with him. We've seen what he's done before. Mm. He's got a gamble. 
he's got them, you know, he's got safety with him. And, you know, rather than someone being on the board that's got a new way of thinking, um, that just sits there, you know, diversity on the board, whether it just be one black, one woman, whatever it is, it's just a bit of diverse board that changes the way of thinking. And maybe that might be the answer. But if they're all going to be the same, whether you have the Rooney rule or not, I think you're just going to get the same outcome because they're always going to have that like-minded and know what they know, like what they like. Do you know what I mean? And, and you know, the six you know, shortlist names are going to be the same all the time. Do you know what I mean? It's going to be to the death, like, oh, we get him in. Um, and that's always going to be the way. Mm. Enough. So... What's the end goal for, you know, made leaders and, you know, your motivational speaking? Um, for me, my thing is just to, I love helping people. Um, you know, my thing I'll say to people that to leave people um, a better version of themselves when I first met them. If, that, if I do that, then it's, it's blessed. So my thing is to keep impacting people, helping um, and like I say, like my thing, my goal is to be the most sought after coach out there. So when people in, in you know, in Canary Wharf, like they're struggling, you know what? They, they're going to call me. Mm. Uh, I, I, can you help me? Okay, what is it you want? Yes, okay, I can help you. I can't help you. Um, and the same for my, my talks, to be the most sought after speaker. You know, like, yeah. I'll get, I, listen, I, I, I watch, like, an Eric Thomas, and I love their impact to have, you know, when you're sitting speaking and, like, and someone's words and that, that it impacts you. So I go into a room and I speak. And remember, I only speak on on my life stories and my experiences and for that to have some profound impact on someone. So my thing is to be the most sought-after coach, you know, the most sought-after speaker, that people, people want, you know what, we want to go and get him. And that for me is success, do you know what I mean? And, 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 that's, and that's what I want to be. So um, that's the goal um, and that's the aim. So, you know, the end game, if I can, if I can have, um, you know, five years time, have about three former uh, ex-pros that have taken uh, coaching courses that are on my books that will go out and speak and, and use the same skill set that I say I do and go and impact people, then that'll be blessed for me. So, um, yeah. And then, or someone look at, you know, next pro look at me and go, Oh, look, there's, there's a sound. So reach out. So is it done? Is it possible? Yep. Mm. It's a blueprint. It could be done. Here's, here's a couple of people I can speak to. I, I can throw you in blah, blah. Um, that sort of way because the, the whole networking thing and finding a, a way in is hard so if I can help someone and do that if I'm breaking down doors so I can bring someone through um, then then I can do that but yeah to be the most sought after coach and the most sought after um, speaker love that oh, we appreciate that so uh, we always have like a quick fire round um, at the end of all of our interviews with our guests so We'll start with who's the best player you played with and against. Best player I played with is Gianfranco Zola. My favourite player, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's always on my door, man, back in the day. Jeez. <laughs> I would have been upset if you didn't say you, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. Gianfranco Zola, um, by far. And the best player I played against is Thierry Henry. Mm. That's fair. Who did you say is the best manager you've played under? 
Ronaldo and Gianluca Vialli. I was going to say, I, I, think, I think we know the worst, but I won't go into that. Uh, Too much, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. What's the best game you played in? The best game I played in? Ooh, I played in some cup finals, but the best game I played always stands out is Champions League, Ellen Road, 1-0 against AC Milan, uh, Tuesday, rainy night, um, beat them 1-0. So, you know, I went, you know, playing against the then top strike force, Bierhoff and Shevchenko, and uh, just dealing with them. So, yeah, that was uh, the best game played in. Just going out to the music, man. It's just like, yeah, that, that music is, yeah. Spine tingling, isn't it? Yeah. So, just moving on so swiftly, like, in terms of, like, I know you do a lot of reading, what's the best book that you that you kind of would recommend to our listeners in terms of, like, their development? Oh, best book. Ooh. Um, I read one the other day. It was quite good. It's called um, "Eat That Frog." Okay. All right. So um, it's like it's a book for people that procrastinate. Pro, pro, procrastinate. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. I never say it. Yeah, yeah. That's and so what, what the book? What the book is says to people is is like eat that frog. So the saying is if you eat the frog the first thing in the morning, you know it's the worst thing you're gonna do all day. So everything else is easy so mm. it's to say to you in how you um plan your day so when you get up in the morning do the worst thing the thing you hate the most first mm. thing get it done get the tasks done straight away so when you're on the computer and you know you want to do the easy thing i want to just do that um that uh you know, planner thing that's with the color and coming all in but just get the your admin done straight away mm. and you do the thing because sometimes you're not going to do all your tasks all through the day sometimes the ones that don't mean nothing, don't get them done. So get the things that you need to do the most first thing in the morning. So it's a good read. It's, like, it's, like, it's a quick read. It's not like a, a, a thick book. It's a quick, quick read. It's, it's a handy one. Cool. Uh, what would you say to the 16-year-old Michael? What would I say to 16-year-old Michael? Boy, <laughs> leave the girl alone. No, I'm joking. Uh, no, I would say... Um, I would say, you know what? Work even harder. I'd say work even harder. Um, yeah, that's what I'd say, really. I mean, like, yeah, I think sometimes you have to learn sort of things, but I think it would be the, I'd want to chat to the the 23-year-old Michael mm. just, just to talk to him. The 16-year-old Michael's all right. Um, the 23-year-old one would say to him, like, hey, just... Just stay a little bit and work a little bit harder. Spend another 20 minutes and work a little bit harder. And I think that, yeah, just work a little bit harder. Because, you know, yeah, I'll say that. I'm not really, don't have many regrets of my career. The only thing I never accomplished was um, England international cap. But at the time, you know, Sol Campbell, Rio Ferdinand, Jamie Carragher, Tony Adams, Martin Kieran, Gareth Southgate. That's crazy, isn't it? Ledley King. Let's not forget Ledley King. Uh, we would kill to have that kind of caliber now, man. That's a competition, and you know, and I think there was, you know, it was. That's what I was trying to compete with. I mean, I remember there was a time when I was gonna get. It was like my mum had it in a paper. Who's gonna get the England cap first? Michael Dubois or Sol Campbell? Um, and it's like we went up to a '98 World Cup sort of thing. Um, and I remember I ruptured my Achilles '97, uh, and in in that time. The roads of Rio, Cara, mm. <coughs> um, 
soul. Hugo Egeo, God rest his soul. Mm. Um, Gareth Sackett still about. Martin Keown was still there. Tony Adams was still in and around it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, mm. like it's just like a world of, you know, Ledley King was just like, don't get as much credit as he should do. If he was fit, he might have broke the the, the JT Rio pairing, mm. uh, if I'm honest. But yeah, so that's why. So I'm competing with that. Like, if that's the only thing I never got, there's far better players that never won an international cap. So, um, kind of cool. No, that's cool, man. Now, listen, Michael, we'll, we'll wrap it up there, man. You've been an amazing guest. I think some of the stories, some of the insights have just been unbelievable, second to none. I think man, many will agree, like, our listeners will definitely get so much value from that, man. As you say, not just from the football stories, but talking about how you got into your, your executive coaching. And I think there's definitely some nuggets that people can take from that. So, really appreciate your time this evening. No coming. Problem, man. It's all, all, all good. So, I'd say, glad that you're on the men, glad that you're better. Yeah, I'm alright, I'm alright, I'm alright. Just need to get on the diet thing, so... Nah, it's all good. Now listen, man, take care of yourself, man. Take it easy. Thank you very much, guys. Alright, take care.